0: Life is messy, family is messy, friendships are messy, the house is messy. Most of the time, my hair is messy too. And sometimes in the chaos of life, we can forget to take time to reflect on just how faithful God is. So whatever brand of crazy happens to be on your plate today, let's take a few moments to slow down, breathe deep, and let our weary hearts be reminded that He is good. Hey everyone, I'm Amanda McKim and welcome to Messy Bun Manifesto. We are in full fall mode here in the Midwest. We have had some beautiful days of sunshine and 75 degrees. The trees are changing color. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then it got cold very quickly and it has been rainy and gross for what seems like a solid week. And unfortunately, with that lovely drastic weather change, I have come down with a bit of a cold. So I'm sounding a bit masculine today, but I wanted to make sure that you at least had a short episode of the podcast to hopefully encourage you as you head into a new week and a new month as we are coming up on November. If you're joining us for the first time this week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes in our series on the promises of scripture. I've been so blessed by this study. The last couple of weeks of conversations have just been tremendous. And I am so thankful to my guests for taking some time out to chat with me. It's been so good to just be in the word and to really fill my mind with the truth of what we can find there. No guests today, I'm flying solo, but we are going to continue to look at the promises of Scripture in the Word, so it's still going to be a wonderful time, I promise. I realized that I've been asking all of my guests to share how they came to know the Lord, but that I didn't share that for myself in the first episode. So in the spirit of fairness, and because I think it's just always a great thing to share, uh, today you're going to get to hear how I came to know the Lord. I grew up in church, like most of our previous guests. Um, My family was always very faithful to ensure that I knew what it looked like to follow Jesus. I was really blessed. Um, I had a lot of people around me who modeled genuine Christianity really, really well. So when I was four years old, my Sunday school teacher had talked with us about what it meant to ask Jesus into our heart. And that it meant that we knew that we were sinners and that the only way for us to be saved was to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. And my little brain ran that over and over through church and through lunch that day. And then later that afternoon, I was outside getting ready to help my Nana do some yard work. And I just told her, I want Jesus in my heart. So we knelt down right there in the middle of the gravel driveway, and she led me in a prayer to receive Jesus. And I know that I was only four, but I actually have this hazy home video of a memory of that moment in my head. And of course, I wasn't a theologian at four, but I knew that Jesus loved me, even though I was a sinner. And I knew that I wanted to follow him because of what he'd done for me on the cross. And in that moment, I truly believe that that was enough. So then when I was 12 years old, our church hosted a revival ministry called Life Action. Um, It was a group of people that traveled around the country to different churches, and they would put on two-week revival services there within the church. Uh, There was a revivalist and some senior staff, but for the most part, these were college-aged kids who were doing the music and doing the daily services for us, for the kids. And so during that time, we hosted two girls in our home and they were there for the duration of the two weeks. And I thought that they were absolutely the most beautiful, kind, exceedingly cool people that I had ever met in my life. I mean, they were 18, I was 12, they were awesome. I just adored them. And I watched them while they stayed with us. And I watched as every single day, they took out their Bibles and they read. And I watched as they participated in authentic, genuine worship. And I watched as they faithfully served by hanging out with rowdy kids and dorky teenagers. And I saw young women who had grown up in church just like me, but had made a decision to really make their faith their own. And God used their example to stir something in me, a desire to really commit to making this faith mine, not just something taught to me or modeled for me. So I kind of rededicated my life to Christ at that point. And that's when I really started pursuing the Lord on a more personal level. Now, it hasn't always been easy. Um, I have failed (laughs) countless times. But one thing that I know for sure is that he has always been faithful So that's my story. That's the story of how the Lord called me as a young girl to follow him. But now we're going to get to the main event, right? We're going to get to the promises of scripture. And for that today, we are heading to the book of John chapter 16. Now, this one is a twofold promise and maybe a bit of a surprise topic for our podcast. But hang with me here. We're in John chapter 16, verse 33. And Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So, this one is a bit heavy, but I absolutely could not get away from it as I was praying and preparing. So, I know that God is going to be faithful to meet us here. But before we get too far into things, I want us to look at this story in context. I want us to look and see what was happening in Jesus's life and ministry at this point. So when we find Jesus here in John 16, um, he's kind of coming to the end of his earthly ministry. He has recently raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, He's washed his disciples' feet. He has fully proclaimed the truth of who he is by stating I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So these are like some cooking times, right? This is great stuff. But also in that, at this point, he has predicted his betrayal. He has predicted Peter's denial. And actually right before our verse here, he says, look, the time is coming when you guys are going to scatter and you're going to leave me all alone to deal with what's coming. And most importantly he knows that the cross is right around the corner so at the end of chapter 16 right before he's betrayed jesus gives us this promise that we find in john 16:33 so in the context of all of that we can confidently say that when jesus says in this world you will have trouble he gets it he knows what he's talking about he is in the midst of some trouble with more trouble coming right around the corner Listen, if someone told you that you should follow Jesus because it was going to make your life super easy, they lied to you. (laughs) Right here in this passage, Jesus actually promises us the opposite. When you choose to follow Jesus, you make an enemy. An enemy who is currently roaming the earth, seeking those he may devour. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but this world is in a pattern of trouble. I mean, if the past 18 months has taught us anything, it's that this world is in a pattern of trouble, pandemic, um, financial trouble, job security issues, division on division on division. It's a cycle of trouble and the cycle of trouble and the unrest that comes with it is just the unfortunate product of life in a fallen Sin marred world. I got the opportunity to see Lisa Turker speak at a conference a couple of years ago. And one of the things that she pointed out that really stuck with me was that the reason that this trouble, this sin, weighs so heavily on us as believers is that our hearts were never meant to bear it. The heart of man was created for the garden, a place of perfection. A place of constant communion with God. So, when a heart that was created for perfection is forced to live in a world filled with trouble, we can find ourselves feeling a bit hopeless, a little unstable, definitely lacking in peace sometimes. But fortunately for us, this promise of trouble does not stand alone. It's not the end of the story. It's not even the end of the verse. The verse goes on to say, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Or some of your translations may say, have courage for I have overcome the world. As believers, we have the distinct privilege of walking through the conflict, knowing how the story ends. Jesus wins. And no matter how hard or difficult things may become, that's one thing that doesn't change. We can find hope there. We can find peace there. Jesus won on the cross and he will win at the end of days. And with his Holy Spirit at work within us, we can trust that he will fight alongside us to overcome in this world. This kind of connects back to the very first promise that I shared in this series from Isaiah chapter 43. God didn't promise an easy journey there either quite the opposite. He said, you will pass through the waters. You will walk through the fire, but he also promises that he will not leave us to do it alone. Look guys, life is hard and I don't want to minimize that. I don't want this to come across as sounding like you're not walking with Jesus. You're not trusting Jesus. If you find yourself discouraged in a season of hardship, And I don't want this to come across as sounding like it's going to be an easy victory every single time. Not at all. In fact, victory may not look at all like we thought it would, but we can trust that he is working things out for our good and for his glory. We can take heart. We can have courage because he has overcome the world. One of the other times in scripture where we see this word overcome is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It's talking about the downfall of Satan, and it says they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, or they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I love that so much because I think that it can be so true for us as we fight against sin and temptation and the realities of a fallen world. In order for us to overcome, we have to be covered in the blood of the lamb. The redemptive power of the blood of Jesus and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit are the things that sustain us. They sustain those fragile hearts in the midst of a wicked and fallen world. But this verse also reminds us of the power of our testimony. In these days of trial, I think it's so important for us to be faithful to tell our stories, stories of hurt, stories of discouragement, stories of redemption, stories of victory. It's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to emphasize conversations with other women in this first series of the podcast. Hearing how other people have overcome Hearing how God has delivered them and fought for them and overcome for them, it gives us hope. It reminds us that we are not alone in our struggle. And it reminds us that he is faithful and that he is good and that he is working and fighting for us. Well, I know we are a little short and sweet this week, but I don't think my voice is going to hold out for much longer. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. How good it is to be reminded that even though we face trouble, we can be brave. We can have courage. We can have peace because our God has overcome the world. Thank you so much for bearing with me Am my cold this week. I appreciate you all so much. I would love to connect with you. So make sure that you find me on Instagram at Messy Bun Manifesto. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time.